It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This, 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 Welcome to podcast episode number 786. We are the Fight Disciples. This is your MMA preview for the weekend coming up. Paris, the destination for a bit of PFL. We'll get stuck into that in a minute before we do. Of course, I say this at the start of every show. But if it's the first time you've been here, you won't have heard this before. So you can subscribe to us. We've got every single audio feed under the sun. Head to our website, fightdisciples.com. Have a little bit of a nosy around. You can think to yourself, oh, yeah, they've got Apple. They've got Spotify. They've got Google. All that type of stuff. You can consume us wherever you want to consume. It's dead simple. And you can also watch the show. So if you prefer to watch your podcasts, you can do via our YouTube channel. Uh, Fight Disciples on YouTube. Go there, hit subscribe. You'll never miss out on any of our content. There's a lot of MMA content coming up between now and the end of the year, of course, uh, with some big shows, big fights uh, being announced recently in the UFC, especially for British fighters, which we are extremely excited about and hopefully we will be on the ground for the majority of those to get you closer to the action one of which will be UFC 296 now I know that that's three months off but I want to start there because I've seen a little bit of uh, not backlash but a lot of people interacting and talking about one particular fight no not the title fight not Leon and Colby you're all excited about that you know that that's a fight and Mm -hmm. not about Pantoya and Roy Val, the other uh, title fighters on there as well. And obviously Ian Gary's in there against Vincente. And obviously your boy Shavgat's having a little bit of a rock and roll with the Wonder Boy. Everybody's excited about those fights. It's Paddy Pimlet versus Tony Ferguson that the, uh, that I want to talk about. When I've seen loads of people making videos on it, loads of fans interacting, and there's loads of different opinions uh, about the fight, the matchmaking, and whether it should or shouldn't uh, be happening. Now, mm-hmm. <clears throat> I'll give you my two-piece before you get stuck in, right? I think that this is a competitive fight. People think I'm mad when I say that. I was I was at my lad's gym the other night, and he's on the mats doing his kickboxing and what have you. And obviously, a few of the parents, they're into their fighting and UFC, and they were chatting. They said, what, what do you reckon about Paddy and Tony? And I said, genuinely, that is a fight, and Paddy's going to hate me for saying this, but that is a fight that Tony Ferguson could win. Yeah, I genuinely, I genuinely believe that. It's also a fight that Paddy Pimlet could win. That is the sign of a good fight. Now, listen, I'm not naive enough to sit here and be daft and say, "Oh, they've made it because it's uh, 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 because of the matchmaking." Matchmaking has come in as part of the reason why they've made that fight, and I'm fully aware that they are looking to maybe build a profile of a particular person that is going to be connected to that fight. I'm fully aware of that. But it's mm-hmm. a bloody risk. 
If you think about that from the UFC point of view, what if Tony Ferguson pulls it off? And he mm -hmm. could. What if he pulls it off? What do you then do with Paddy the Baddy? Because that's then it becomes a difficult sell because everybody right now is looking at Tony Ferguson as washed up. That's what they're all saying. Look at the streak he's on right now. He can't buy a win. He's losing to this guy. He's losing to that guy. Tony's gone. If Tony beats Paddy Pimler, one, he saves his career and probably gets himself another two or three fights in the UFC. Well done, Tony Ferguson. I'm sure there's a lot of fight fans out there that actually want to see that happen. I would love Tony Ferguson to be able to get himself a win. Absolutely. Um, and then, from a business point of view, what do you do with Paddy? Because if you can't beat this version of Tony Ferguson, where do you go? It's a mate. I think it's a very, very risky piece of uh, of matchmaking from a from a UFC point of view. I can see what everybody sees and why mm -hmm. they're saying what they're saying. But as a matchup, I look at that. Paddy's coming off the back of a year out. We have we have bad ankle. And when I saw him two months ago, that ankle wasn't fully bang on. Yes, I know that Tony's going through a bad time in the octagon right now, completely. But I look at this fight and I see a competitive fight. What say you? I, I think it's a competitive fight. I've got absolutely no issue with it whatsoever. And to be honest, I think it makes perfect sense. Because Tony Ferguson, okay, he's lost six on a spin. He's lost against Justin Gaethje, Charles Oliveira. But Benil Dariush, Michael Chandler, all five, all four of them are, in, are comfortably inside the top ten. Most of them in the top five. He's lost to Nate Diaz up at welterweight, which is not his weight class, and he's lost to Bobby Green last time out, which he was competitive in until he wasn't until he got submitted in the third round. They're they're a high caliber level of opponents that he's losing against. Bobby Green's probably the, the least ranked out of all those six opponents. And Bobby Green is still a gatekeeper to the rankings, a formerly ranked fighter himself. So in terms of Tony Ferguson, this is a step down for him, absolutely. But he needs a win. So the UFC have given someone that isn't knocking on the door of the rankings that he can get a win against. And also someone that a lot of people think was fortunate to win his last fight. On the flip side of that, you look at Paddy Pimlet. He's had four fights in the UFC. He's won all four of them. Three of them were behind closed doors. Three of them were in front of no fans during the pandemic. The last one was his first time in front of fans in Las Vegas on a mm. numbered event on the main card when he walked out and he fought against Jared Gordon. Now, again, listen, I've took enough stick for it and I don't give a fuck. I still think he won that fight. I'm not alone in thinking that either. There's other people out there that believe the same. But regardless, he come through a tough fight with Jared Gordon that could have gone either way. Had Tony Ferguson been matched with Jared Gordon, everyone would go, oh, nice one. UFC, finally. Finally, thank fuck. Give Tony a fight he can win. Come on, Jared Gordon. Perfect. Or Jordan Levitt or any of these other, Vindramani, any of these guys that Paddy's beat previously, these four, if they match with Tony Ferguson, fans go, that's a bit more like it. Come on, Tony, let's get a win, son. So if if Paddy Pimlet and Jared Gordon are at the same level, then it's, a, it's the right fight for Tony Ferguson. It's a huge step up for Paddy Pimlet. It's a huge yeah. step up for Jared Gordon, anybody like that. But still, it's also a bit of a lottery win because it's Tony Ferguson, man. 
The guy was fucking banging on the door to be the number two fighter in the world, right behind Khabib forever and a day. He was, he's, he remains the guy that carries the name Tony Ferguson. Whether he can bring that into the octagon or not, now it's proven it's not. But still, that's a lottery-type opponent. Paddy's had four wins. He's had a lot of criticism. He generates a lot of eyeballs. If he fights Tony Ferguson and loses, okay, he's lost to Tony Ferguson. I'd put him straight back in with Jared Gordon then. All right, you, you believe he lost to Jared Gordon? Let's do that fight. Or, you know, back you get, he goes back to that level again. Okay, he's fought Tony Ferguson, former world number, number one contender. He's lost to him. Okay, we come back, we rebuild. Now it might mean I'm coming onto a fight night show, coming off pay-per-views, whatever. But I get it. I think it's it's absolutely sensational matchmaking. It's a fight that on paper, Tony Ferguson, ah, oh, you've given him a layup. Nice one, UFC. But the other way of looking at it is you're giving Paddy Baddy a name that globally is recognized and a guy that's on can't buy a win at the moment. So it's a fight that absolutely Paddy Dabadi can win and grab that potential. The problem after this is if Paddy wins, yeah, your next matchup's fucking difficult. That's when it gets difficult. But right here, right now, Mate, this I think is difficult. It's a fight that suits Tony, and it's a fight, yeah. it is a, it's incredibly difficult. It's a fight that suits Tony Ferguson where he is in his career. It's a fight that suits Paddy Dabadi in his career right now as well. I think it's sensational matchmaking. Could not agree more, mate. Year to the day as well since Paddy's obviously fight against Jared Gordon. As I said, he's been out for a year. He's had surgery on his ankle. He's had it reconstructed, yeah. all sorts of stuff going on. So there's loads of little imponderables that you throw in there uh, too. And as you've rightfully, rightfully said, in front of a big Vegas crowd on a huge card, absolutely yeah. gigantic card. It's going to be noisy. And he'll be the away fighter, Paddy. I know he's got... He's got fans and people come out to see him do his thing and he does have a good fan base. But Tony Ferguson's a, a, a cult hero, mate. It's going to be yeah. crazy, crazy atmosphere at UFC 296. Uh, before we um, preview uh, PFL Europe, uh, which is coming up this weekend, where there's a lot of British fighters uh, on the card, which are well, extremely well, excited about. Before we, sorry, before we jump off 296, did you see the audio... They released the audio of Ian Gary and Vincente Luque's conversation. Oh, no, I've not seen this, no. Go on. Yeah, been, it's, I think it's saying? on Ian Gary's social media, but they basically ring one another and go, right, it's happening then, bro. Where are we at? And they have a proper conversation. It lasts two or three minutes. And they're both just like, listen, man, full respect, but this is business. So make me a promise. You bring the best of you and I'll bring the best of me and let's put on a show for the fans. And they're both just like proper fucking riling each other up going, yeah, man, I've got nothing but love and respect for you, but this is business. It's up to me to do this and do that. And it's it's wicked. You're like, oh, yeah. Listen, it's the very best of fight sports. It's yeah. two guys that are teammates that have gone, listen, man, I, I respect you. You respect me. Let's have a conversation. Let's wish each other well for our fight. I hope your fight camp goes perfectly. Fair fitting camp. Yeah. I hope you turn up 100%. If we both turn up 100%, we're going to put on a hell of a show. Blah, blah, blah. And then Gary even mentioned something about, uh, uh, don't forget, I owe you dinner afterwards as well because of that submission you put on me. So I don't know what's gone on. So they must have had a little role at some stage. So, you know, listen, you're getting carried away if you're saying they're friends. But they're certainly colleagues that love and appreciate yeah. one another. And it's just nice to hear that little bit of audio. I'm so glad that they revealed them. Pretty sure it's Ian Gary's team that have put it out. 
But it's nice, man. Just wishing each other well. Just like, yeah, yeah. No revelation in there on who is actually going to be based at Killcliff. But uh, and yeah. who isn't? Because that's that's kind of like you know the million dollar question at the moment. But you can have mornings, I'll have afternoons. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> but just the two of them going, yeah, man. Listen, smash it, enjoy it, bring your best, bring your A game. Let's put on a show. It's mega, really good, mate. And, and obviously, Luke has been through a bit of a tough time recently. We uh, yeah. with various okay. things going on in in his life, an opportunity for him to get back on that wheel. Listen, it's a great fight. Stylistically, it's a brilliant, brilliant fight, and it's great to. I'm going to go and have a look at that after the show. Um, okay. Great to hear that type of conversation going on between two athletes that you admire, and you just want them to bring it on two nine six, get there nice and healthy, leave nice and healthy, but give us fifteen minutes of sheer entertainment, gentlemen. Give us a fight of the year. That's what we can all we want get, to see in it. Can we get a contrasting phone call between Leon and Colby? No chance. Not a cat in hell's chance. Somehow I think that conversation might go a different direction. Yes. Mm -hmm. uh, just before I talk PFL Europe, I just want to uh, touch upon the middleweight division because as we all know, Sean Strickland is the main man. And the more I see of Sean Strickland talking in public, the more I fucking gravitate to him thinking, you're an all right dude, you man. Yeah, you say some mad shit, but you're an all right dude. He was talking this week about not conforming to make people feel uh, inferior. He was talking about materialistic goods and all this type of stuff. I just thought, I think he was doing a, a podcast actually with Chris Curtis. I think it was on that. Um, these two guys were just having a little bit of a conversation. And the more you listen to Sean Strickland, the more, the more you think, you are genuinely a man of the people. Yeah, all right. He is. Fair play, fair play, bro. Uh, so yeah, just on him. He's the champ. <clears throat> and we've spoken about on the, uh, on the show who we think is going to be next. Now, this is a really interesting conversation because I'm sure that it hasn't passed fight fans by. Jared Cannonier was the backup for Israel Adesanya and Sean Strickland. He weighed in. Yeah. And when you're a backup like that, you, it kind of insinuates, you're going to be next. You're going to get your title shot next. Now, Cannonier has a win over Strickland as well, which kind of added to that narrative. But he's been he's been paired up now with Roman Delidze. So Cannonier's got his fight... Uh, with the Lidzi, which kind of insinuates, and listen, I don't want to put two and two together and come up with a, an odd number, um, that he will not be next for Sean Strickland, which hopefully lends to our original conversation that Dricus Duplessis, he's the guy. Let's not forget what he did against Robert Whittaker. That was a sensational victory. That's absolutely put him in, in pole position. He had the opportunity to fight Israel Adesanya. He said he wasn't fit. Okay. So he steps away from that. Sean gets his opportunity. I would like to see... Uh, Drinkers Duplessis get his opportunity. But there's other people online saying, well, maybe it's going to be an immediate rematch, all this type of th stuff, and bringing Israel Adesanya back into the conversation. Which then brings me onto the topic that I want to talk about um, is I'm sure lots of fight fans have seen Israel Adesanya being charged with a DUI in New Zealand uh, earlier this week. And when you actually get into the intricacies of the uh, of, of what actually happened, so he was, he gave a blood sample uh, three weeks before his fight 18 with, days, yeah. with 18 days before. Sean Strickland, uh, of which he's been charged with this week. So like you just said, 18 days, three weeks prior to the fight with Sean Strickland, he was pulled by the cops and uh, he has a certain amount of milligrams per 100 lit uh, litres. I think it's 87, isn't it? Uh, per 100 uh, milliliters of, of blood, of which is over the limit. I think it's 50 that you're allowed in New Zealand. Again, don't quote me on those numbers, but anyway, he's been charged and he's, he's pleaded guilty uh, to it. Now, 
when you when you look at the intricacies of that, I am sure there are many people that have been out for dinner, had a glass of something, got in a car, and driven home. We are not talking about a geezer that is blind drunk, got behind a car, but there are rules in place. He knows yeah. the rules that are in place. He has got this. He's had a massive. He's misjudged the situation. He's got it wrong, and one of there's there's loads of things in in the world that I absolutely fucking hate. One is anything to do with violence towards children. And I've got a real beam in my bonnet about, obviously, drunk driving as well. Now, we're not talking about a blind drunk fella. I get that, but we are talking about a fella that has I, broke... I haven't seen the the amount, sorry, the amount suggests he wasn't pissed. The amount suggests that he's had a couple of drinks with dinner. And this is what Izzy has put his statement out, saying, I went out for dinner, I've had a couple of drinks, and I've driven home. And that's how he's ended up uh, getting done. Okay, right. Again. Can't condone it, mate. You know the rules. You know the situation. Just don't have out when you're out. If you're going to be driving, don't be having anything. All right. So that's so that's where I'm at with that with that situation. But then it makes me start to think back to the performance that Israel Adesanya puts in against Sean Strickland. Now, again, I don't want to take anything away from Sean Strickland because it, because it's a great performance. But when you think about the pressures of being a champion. And having this piece of information, knowing that it's going to become public and that you are going to be seen in the light and your reputation is going to be tarnished, then obviously you're going to be uh, in a situation where you're, where you're going to be charged and face criminal charges. That's got to wear heavy on your mind. It's got to wear heavy. It's got to wear heavy on your mind. So when I analyze that performance, I worry a little bit for Izzy. And maybe I'm being soft about that. I don't know. But I'm, I am I want him now, knowing what we know about this situation. I want it, I know that I've commended him in the past and gone wild about how good he is when it comes to activity. And that's how a champion operates. Mm-hmm. Now's the time to take some time off. Because all the, the, the bubble maybe seems to be too, too heavy. If that, you say it all the time, don't you, about... Heavy is the head that wears the crown. Maybe yeah. it is just a little bit too much at this period of time. And as a human, step away, get yourself sorted. Obviously, um, pay the penance for the what you've done because nobody can condone uh, getting charged with a DUI. Yeah, and, uh, and get your head straight because it's quite evident to me, looking at it, that maybe there's a few things going on inside his head that aren't 100%. And, be, and he needs to get them sorted before he steps back into the octagon. Yeah. Aside from the fact, you know, fucking hell, every, we've all got Uber on our phones these days. Do you know what I mean? If you go out and you get carried away and you go, you know, fucking hell, I've had, I've had an extra glass of wine there. I shouldn't have. It's a piece of piss to get an Uber. If you're Izzy and you've got the kind of entourage that I'm sure Izzy's got, whether he likes it or not, it's a piece of piss even to ring an Uber and say to your mate, what are you up to? Are you just at home? I've just sent an Uber to yours. Do us a favor. Come to this restaurant, just drive, drive me car home or whatever. Do you know what I mean? If he doesn't want, there's, there's really no excuse for it in this modern age. Now, listen, he might have made the miscalculation. He might have made the mistake. He might have, you know, drank a large glass of wine instead of a small one. I don't know the details of it. But more than anything else, this was 18 days out. This is two and a half weeks out from a world title fight. And he's drinking alcohol. Like, 
I, I, I just don't get that at all. You're a professional sportsman. You know, and you don't even see footballers these. You wouldn't see fucking Cristiano Ronaldo drinking the week of a big game. You've got this entire, you've got this career that, if you're lucky, lasts a decade. And for that decade, you're all in to be the best you can be. Now, don't get me wrong. He's a mercurial talent. He's a mm. genius. What goes on in his brain doesn't go on in the brain of 90% of fighters, even fighters. And by the way, they're 1% of the entire population. So not only was he born to fight, it's genetically in his DNA, but actually he was wired with a fight IQ brain that allows him to do things that other fighters can only dream about. So he's such a fucking niche, small percentage of what humanity population produces that he's got this gift. Now, listen, he can't, he can't, well, yeah, fuck you, you know, it's not just on me kind of thing, but he, he must be able to look in the mirror and go, I can do things other men can't do. Other people in the gym who work just as hard as I do don't have the mentality or to be able to control your emotions to deliver on the big stage like I can. That's why I'm Israel Adesanya. That's why I'm a global superstar. Well, come that with that, you know, power comes responsibility. And I think the fact that he's trying to... He's, you're telling me a fighter 18 days out from defending his world title, drinking alcohol isn't self-sabotaging himself. Of course he is. Of course, that's what I mean John, about something John going Jones on inside his head. Yeah, John yeah. Jones used to do it. John Jones. Can I tell some of the stories coming out of Albuquerque when John Jones was flying in his career were frightening. And in fact, it was only when it all came to light and it all came belly up and everyone was like, John Jones been done for this and done for that. And he's been recreation and he's been doing all kinds. And then suddenly he's like, oh, I'm going to try and get back on the straight and narrow. Suddenly his performances get flat. It's like this twisted genius syndrome. Now, it's just alarming. 18 days, that's so close. That's, you know, basically you, you, you're already thinking about, you know, you're tapering down your training. Like 18 days out, that's like you're firing up your last bit of sparring. Now it's full on sparring. Like maybe he's battered and bruised. And he's like, you know, what? I'm going to have dinner and have a glass of wine. But even like out in public drinking alcohol 18 days before, people in there might have bought tickets to watch you fight. And they're like, is he having a, is he having a drink over there? fuck is that? I, I just don't get the mentality of why he would do that to himself. Listen, I spent a year in 2008, I had a year off and I spent it as a professional sportsman and I didn't drink for a year. Took the whole year. One year. Okay, because I wanted to see what it was like when I was training at tennis and rugby and boxing and golf and all these sports. I wanted to do it like a pro would. So I was training twice, three times a day. I didn't drink for a year. I lived like a monk. I ate the right things. I had a nutritionist and this, strengthening. I did it properly for a year. And okay, it was a tough year. And I missed out on family functions and I missed out on friends' weddings and all that kind of stuff. But you know what? It was also one of the best years of my life because that is the ultimate lifestyle. Being a professional sportsman is, 90, is fucking nearly every little man and little girl's dream. And he's got that. He's got that life. And to, I, I, I just, I can't get it in my head. Nobody teaches what? you the, how to deal with the pressures, though, fam, though, do they? Of course. Of course. So, listen, and at the end of the day, I know that what you're saying is right. It is right. But he is a as, human as Gerard being. Hulier, as Gerard Houllier once told Stephen Gerard, because when he was a kid, he got, you know, there was a fight in a bar or something, and Gerard was in there, and he, he'd had a few drinks. And Gerard Houllier famously sat him down and said, son, you've got 10 years to define your life. And after this, 
you can fucking buy a nightclub and drink in it every night of the week if you want to. And that was kind of a bit of a wake-up call to Gerard to go, yeah, you know what? I'll leave the party into someone else. I'm just going to knuckle down and realise my career as much as I can. Now, I know fighters don't necessarily have that daily work environment, and it's different because you're in camp or you're out of camp, and you're fucking like Brendan Lochnane. He's not in camp right now. He's living his best life. He's travelling the world. He's here, he's there, he's everywhere. It's such an unusual life for fighters because it's like excess and then live like a monk. And it just it just surprises me that Izzy, with the talent that he's got, has blurred those lines a little bit. 18 days out and he's drinking alcohol. I think this will be mental. the making of him, you know. I think this will be the making of him. That's I not think... the first time you've said that, though, Adam. Jordan Izzy's career. When he's lost, when he's done this, and you've said you've been on the show going, that loss will be the making of him. This will make him knuckle down. And I don't know, man. I don't know whether this will be the making of him. I really don't. And I love Izzy. You know that. But this, these are alarming. This is an alarming conversation and an alarming revelation. 18 days out from a world title fight, and he's drinking alcohol. We'll see what happens next. Hopefully, mm. as I said at the start of this, bit of time off. Get you get yourself straight. Absolutely. And then cut and then come back when you're ready. Come back and get a world title fight as soon as you're ready. That's why that's that's how it works. You're the guy. He's the man. He's the biggest draw in the division. Let Drickers have his shot. Let Rob have his shot. Do whatever. Have a year off and go and enjoy it. Drink, you can drink as much wine as you want. And then when you're ready, come back and show the world who Israel Adesanya truly is. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Uh, this weekend, Paris is the destination. Um, our mate Dan Hardy's having a whale of a time, isn't he? Eh? Oh, Videos outside deep, the Louvre. Balls deep, I love it. Videos outside the, the Seine. Videos near the Arc de Triomphe. Outside the Eiffel Tower, I'd say he's everywhere. This week is uh, is Dan, and rightfully so, man. He should be he should be happy. He should be smiling because there's a lot of European talent uh, descending uh, on Paris uh, for this particular card. Um, I suppose the headline for the majority of fans is kind of outside of the tournament uh, because Cedric Dumbe is uh, making his PFL debut. A guy that has obviously lit up uh, the world of glory kickboxing. Mm-hmm. knockouts for fun. Just put his name in Google, man, uh, or YouTube, and you'll see Dumbe knockouts. I think there's about 40-odd of them. Back-to-back, easy work. Uh, but he's uh, stepped into the world of mixed martial arts. He's 4-0 and now, and obviously now he makes his uh, smart case debut at the weekend against Jordan Zebo. Uh, he's fighting at welterweight, so that's going to be a little interesting addition. It's not part of the tournament. He's the main, the main attraction, I suppose. Um but what is part of the tournament is that we've got a couple of British fighters. We've got Dakota Dechiba, 
uh, in her semi-final. And we've got Simeon Powell uh, in his uh, semi-final as well. And we've also got quite a few Irish fighters having a little bit of a tangle uh, as well in Paris. I've, I've Listen, we've spoken about all of the uh, European uh, legs of this of this tour, haven't we? Newcastle, Germany, Paris. And obviously we've got a Dublin one still to come before uh, before the end of the year. Mate, I think it's been brilliant and it's been a real good way to showcase British talent that's maybe a couple of levels below getting onto the big big stages. Yeah, People like Dakota, people like Simeon, if they can win this, they'll obviously get propelled into next year's international tournament over in the States. Great stuff for them. Yeah. And then the world's their oyster. Yeah, and, and Chanel Dyer's on this card as well, uh, third professional fight. She's she's stepping in, so uh, loads of brilliant talent there. And about listen, obviously, the three names we just mentioned there, the three English fighters, are all incredibly talented. I'd be surprised if Simeon and Dakota don't go all the way in their weight classes. Simeon, I met him down at the uh, the Four Nations in in Wales a couple of months ago. Big in he's fucking massive. <laughs> Honest to God, that dude. <laughs> Honestly, one big handsome bastard him. Jesus Christ. I would not like to fight him. He's intelligent off. lad as well, man. He yeah. had he had like some really good uh, academic studies and he was going in a, a different completely different direction, but he just loves fighting. So he's blagged his parents to say, "Listen, man, I'm going to pursue this." And he's obviously yeah. he's bloody good at it. He's very good at it. Absolutely. And, you know, Chanel's a former former world amateur world champion, so I'm expecting great things from her as well. It's a fantastic card, and you know what? I love the fact that these this European tournament bracket leads to being into the PFL Big Show bracket. Yeah, I it do. just makes absolute sense. It's absolute sense. I think it's it's a wicked, wicked way to build experience at a solid level, which then puts you in the position to fight for a, the million dollar tournament next year. Really good tournament, really well put together. Frenchman France versus France in the main event. Come on, man. Paris is going to be a late. Is this on the zone? It is on the zone, yes. The zone have secretly smashed it this weekend <laughs> because the PFL is better than any of the boxing that's on, on 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 British TV. And then after the PFL, you're going to have the uh, you're going to have Canelo. Canelo Alvarez versus Charlo for boxing on the zone as well. So, mate, that that the zone monthly subscription pays for itself this weekend, in my opinion. Yeah, you've had a touch. Um, you know that my one to watch at the start of the year was Dakota Dechiva. We're talking about a three-time uh, Muta champion. She's 25 years of age, obviously resides out of Manchester, where uh, I reside out of. She's a sensational talent. If anybody watched uh, what she did in the uh, in the early fights um, on this European tour, uh, it's really got a lot of people excited. She's taking on Cornelia Hom uh, in the semi-final of the flyweight tournament this weekend. I'm expecting fireworks, man. Everybody that has... She's been doing, um, randomly, she's been doing a bit of work with Joe Gallagher at uh, Champs Camp. A um, bit of boxing coaching and what have you. Obviously, she does uh, a coaching elsewhere when it comes to mixed martial arts. Uh, but I, I just sent Joe a message saying, I think he posted a video or something, and I, put, and I sent a message saying, one of the hottest talents in uh, British mixed martial arts. And he goes, fucking hell, mate. This kid could box if she wanted to. She's that fucking good. Um, so again, looking forward to uh, the Court of Achiever lighting up this weekend. Well. Just I know, mate. No, just letting the world know she's a talent man, a real talent. She is her and uh, Simeon Powell. I fancy uh, expect... them to win it, honestly. Yeah, I know I'm biased, but the whole I'm tournament. I know it's semi finals, yeah. but you're you're, you're anticipating I, I them that, going all the way through. 
I think they'll go all the way through. I think they'll they'll win it and they'll both be in the uh, they'll both be in the the million dollar tournament next season. I really do. There you go. Following the path of the one and only Mr. Brendan Lochnain. Mm-hmm. Super stuff. Uh, so keep an eye on that. That's on the zone uh, this weekend. And uh, listen, if you like knockouts, uh, Cedric Dumbe, keep an eye on him taking on Jordan Zebo. Well to wait. Uh, that's in the main event of uh, of PFL in Paris. PFL, it sounds nice that as well, doesn't it? Uh, anyway, there you go. That's uh, that's it because there is no UFC this weekend. There's no UFC card, um, and uh, the PFL's taken all the MMA action. So tune into the zone uh, and come back on Monday for a little bit of a, a review of Dakota and Simeon's uh, performances. Uh, and if there's anything else major, we'll talk about that as well. I've no doubt Dan Hardy will be posting videos on his Instagram, enjoying uh, the sights and, uh, and, yeah, and, and the scenery of, uh, of Paris. Uh, thank you very much for tuning in to us. You can subscribe to us via our website, fightdisciples.com. We're across uh, every audio feed there, and we're also on YouTube too. So go and check that out, Fight Disciples, uh, on our YouTube channel. Thank you very much for tuning in. We'll catch you next time. Thank you for listening. If you like what you heard, subscribe via iTunes.